1: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, and thanks very much for joining us. The parents of a 12 year old Prince George boy who took his own life is warning others about predators lurking online.
2: RCMP say the young boy was the victim of online sextortion. As Angela Jung reports, boys are increasingly becoming targets.
3: No dry eyes as his family remembers 12-year-old Carson. You
4: yeah, the heart cold.
3: On October 12th, Carson took his own life. An RCMP investigation revealed Carson was a victim of sextortion. His family says he was using Snapchat, but had no idea he was being blackmailed. Sending pictures um, and being threatened if he didn't give money or gift cards. Canada's National Tip Line for reporting online sexual crimes found boys are typically being extorted for money and girls are being extorted for more sexual images. CyberTip found 91% of sextortion victims are boys. It receives... 50 sextortion reports each week, and 84 of these cases happen on Instagram or Snapchat. The people on the other end of the chat are con artists, and they are incredibly good at what they do. Port Coquitlam teen Amanda Todd took her own life after suffering in silence for years. She would have just turned 27. These predators on the other side, they know what they're doing, and it's criminal. Amanda's tormentor was sentenced last fall, put behind bars for 13 years. More than a decade since her death, her mother believes more needs to be done
5: to protect youth from online predators. I know Canada has been working on this, but it needs to be faster. In, in getting the tech companies to hold responsibility.
3: Carson's family encouraging parents to talk to their kids about online safety. Be more active with your kids, even if you are active. And for teens to reach out for help.
6: I would want every kid to know that it's okay, don't be embarrassed, don't be scared. Talk to somebody,
4: it's not as bad as it seems.
3: A message they wish they could have shared with their son. Angela Jung, Global News.
2: And if you or someone you know is in crisis, there is help available 24 hours a day at 1-800-668-6868. Support services are also available at the Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention.
1: Now, a woman who filmed her attacker after being sexually assaulted on a North Vancouver trail last year delivered her victim impact statement in court today. As Grace Key reports, the woman says she's never fully recovered from the trauma of the assault.
2: Turn around. Turn around. What makes you think it's okay to smack me in the ass?
7: Jairus Paul Cavacha Sacramento says he didn't mean to hurt anyone back in February 2022 when he grabbed a woman's buttocks as she was hiking on a Lynn Valley Trail in North Vancouver. He
2: grabbed my buttocks and I felt his fingers dig into that intimate part of my
7: body. Uh, my hands here, a tip from the public led to his arrest. Sacramento was convicted in June of sexual assault. A pre-sentencing report revealed Sacramento thought the victim would have liked it if if she was young, and he called the victim crazy. At a sentencing hearing, Crown told the court Sacramento minimized his actions and lacks understanding, adding he doesn't have the right mindset for rehabilitation and is considered a moderate risk to reoffend. Sacramento addressed the court, saying he was sorry for what happened, adding, "She's exaggerated what happened. It's not even possible for me to touch her so aggressively in broad daylight." That day I wasn't in the right mind. I don't see why I'm actually being targeted so aggressively. I literally just tapped her on the butt. Crown is asking for 9 to 12 months in jail and 18 months probation. Defense is asking for a conditional discharge for 24 months. Sacramento was 22 at the time of the offense and has no criminal record. Defense saying this is on the lower end of what's classified as a sexual assault. Adding Sacramento has a promising future as an electrician. The victim read her impact statement in court saying in part... I was on a high academically and professionally. I went from being my best to being a shell of myself. Nature is where I find peace and this was taken away from me. The judge will come back with a sentencing decision on December 14. Grace Key, Global News.
2: Scary moments in Surrey today when shots rang out in a residential neighborhood over the noon hour. It happened on 18B Avenue near 139th Street, according to police. They found the victim at a local hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. A burned-out vehicle was also found at 30A Avenue and 170th Street. But police still can't confirm if those two incidents are related. Police believe the shooting to be targeted. The victim is known to police and has ties to the ongoing B.C. gang conflict. Absolutely.
8: Anytime there is a shooting, the residents of the area and the public is concerned. And we're doing everything in our power to make sure that we fully investigate the incident and make sure that public safety is held to a high standard.
2: Police are still in the early stages of their investigation. And if you have information about what happened, you are asked to contact Surrey RCMP.
1: A follow-up now to a story we first reported in September. Global News has obtained some chilling surveillance video of a racist attack on a Vancouver father last year.
2: Kristen Robinson has more, including how the victim is planning to use this violent encounter to educate others about the impact of hate.
4: It's not really easy for me like to sleep in the night. Sometimes the, the, the knife came to my mind and... I can't even wake up like 1 or 2 a.m.
9: Willie Kabaya-Baya is still haunted by the assault captured on surveillance video. In May 2022, the Vancouver father of three was on his phone outside a building near Victory Square when a stranger approached him hurling racial slurs and threats before pulling out a knife.
4: This happened in one second. Said, How come someone can come with a knife and going to speak about n- black and gonna kill you so it was really strange i was like upset
9: kabaya baya says he knew what to do thanks to his upbringing in burundi east africa as he thought of his family he grabbed the knife from his assailant and thwarted the attack
4: in my mind i said if, if like i died i said who gonna support my family
9: his wife and children are still struggling with the hate crime
4: my youngest daughter she's name is a big guy she said daddy how come this can happen to you? Dad, you're a very nice person, we are very friendly and everything's fine, but we can't understand what happened for you.
9: Vancouver police say the judge concluded the only motive was the color of the victim's skin. Shane Aaron McKenzie was convicted of assault with a weapon. With credit for 90 days' time served, the 25-year-old was sentenced to nine months in jail and 12 months probation.
4: The justice here in Canada, See, really know a really good justice.
9: We attempted to reach Mackenzie at the Abbotsford address he listed on court documents. Ah, uh, he doesn't appear. Oh, okay. Do you know of Shane Aaron Mackenzie? No, I've never
4: heard no?
9: of him. Mackenzie's lawyer did not respond to an email from Global News.
4: When you've denied justice, then you have to go to, de- to demand the justice on the street.
9: Supported by the African Descent Society of BC, Kabayabaya wants to hold an anti-hate rally in Vancouver in the new year. His dream is to bring
4: people together. What can I do with my power to change in a good like way, positive? And, uh, so today what happened negative for me can be a good lesson to other people. The case of uh, Willie Kabayabaya, does it indicate that Canada is willing to accept the genuine diversity inclusion? Belonging and multiculturalism.
9: As he fights for change, Kabaya Baya says he's willing to meet his attacker, also a father, face to face.
4: One day we can sit together and try to understand each other. To hate someone is not good. Something happened to me, but to give back the same is not okay.
2: Kristen Robinson,
9: Global News.
2: B.C. has seen an increase in police reported hate crimes in recent years. It spiked during the pandemic in 2021 to 523 reported incidents, but dipped to a still troubling 438 last year. There were 267 reported hate crimes in B.C. in 2019. And there is concern about another rise in hate crimes this year due to the situation in the Middle East.
1: Another twist now in the ongoing policing saga in Surrey. The city has been absent from recent meetings on the transition. And with more on what that means, oh, we don't have Keith Baldry. Well, we would have got his uh, perspective on it if we did. Unfortunately, we'll try to round him up a little bit later. But obviously, not good for the process in the policing transition if uh, one city is, or if Surrey, the city, is not taking part. Keith, okay,
10: we got you. Are you there? Uh, technical difficulties that befit a story that has that never seems to end. Chris, uh, twists and turns. The latest twist: my earpiece didn't work. Now it's working. So yeah, today Mike Farmer is disclosing today that uh, since the administrator was appointed to replace the school, uh, the police board in Surrey, Surrey officials have refused to participate in the transition process. There's been regular meetings uh, that up until now Surrey did participate in for a number of months, if not years. Today they pulled out. The minister finding it odd to contrast that with. Surrey Surrey Mayor's Brenda Locke's criticism that Surrey's having no input into the transition of process. Here's the minister.
1: There have been uh, a, pl- a lot of meetings uh, underway, tripartite meetings, where the city has been uh, participating. Uh, but in the last while, uh, the uh, city uh, has not been participating. Uh, even though, you know, the, the legislation is clear, Surrey will be policed by the Surrey Police Service. It's also unfortunate, too, because the uh, I know the mayor has complained uh, that with the in place, that there is no, there is no uh, input from the city, no, no, no city representation. The reality is, uh, if the city staff were participating, there most certainly would be uh, participation uh, and input from the, uh, the city of Surrey.
10: So Surrey did release a statement after Farnworth's comments saying, in part, the city of Surrey has and continues to satisfy its requirements as set out in the Police Act. As in any other jurisdiction in B.C., city staff are not directly responsible for the administration of policing. So, again, this story continues to take twists and turns. Who knows what's going to happen next? But, Farmer's it's very clear the transition will continue. Surrey Police Service will be the police of jurisdiction at some point in, in uh, Surrey. And the Surrey budget for the Surrey Police Service is being worked on by the administrator as I speak probably be made public or, or made uh, given to the ministry sometime in early December.
1: Those figures, uh, a lot of people in Surrey will be eager to see for sure. Keith, thanks very much. All right.
2: The B.C. government is taking another step in its ongoing legal battle against the makers of opioids. Lawyers for the province are seeking certification of a class action suit that aims to recover billions of dollars to cover health care costs. Richard Zussman has more. <laughs>
11: It's an attempt to hit pharmaceutical companies where it hurts, right in the bank account.
7: We are holding multinational pharmaceutical companies accountable for their role in today's public health emergency.
11: On Monday, the province launching first-of-its-kind legal action, certification of a class-action lawsuit that will include all provincial governments and the federal government targeting companies involved in marketing and manufacturing opioids.
7: This novel approach is designed to expedite the legal process to bring swifter justice on behalf of all people in British Columbia and in Canada.
11: One defendant, Purdue Pharma, the creator of OxyContin, has already settled for $150 million. This comes as the Supreme Court of Canada is grappling with a constitutional challenge from four other companies saying allowing BC to recover costs on behalf of other governments is an overreach.
7: This is a very complicated and, and, and complex litigation involving multi-parties. So we have been um, receiving applications from various defendants. Leslie
11: McBain's son died from illicit drugs following an addiction to Oxy. McBain supports going after these companies but doesn't think it's the best use of limited resources.
12: They claim that this will help save lives. I don't think it will actually. What we need is to deal with the situation at hand today.
11: The frustration for McBain and other advocates is the province won't even consider a broader regulated drug supply program and that any revenues that could be generated from this lawsuit would go to pay for previous health care costs and not the current crisis.
12: I honestly personally believe it is, is somewhat a waste of time and money. Um, money that might come from that, as I understand it, if it ever does get resolved, uh, goes into general fund.
11: The hearing on certifying the class action is expected to last four weeks and a civil trial would have to determine whether the companies must pay up. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
2: Next week, the U.S. Supreme Court will hear arguments about the legality of a $6 billion settlement against OxyContin maker Purdue Pharma. As part of that deal, in exchange for giving up ownership of the company, members of the wealthy Sackler family will be shielded from civil lawsuits and they can keep billions of dollars in profits from OxyContin sales. The court will decide if the terms of that deal violated federal law.
1: A Victoria woman diagnosed with a rare and aggressive cancer says she's now stable after seeking an alternative treatment in the United States.
2: She felt she had no time to lose and couldn't wait three months for another consultation here and now can't get the province to help pay for her out-of-country expenses. Kylie Stanton has her story. Us after we set our vows. A secret
5: beach with just a couple of close friends and family. It was Alison DeCluzo's dream wedding that almost didn't happen after a devastating diagnosis.
12: Stage four aggressive cancer and you have a lifespan of what looks like to be two months to two years.
5: DeCluzo was told she had late stage abdominal cancer. She says the surgeon told her she was not a candidate for surgery and chemotherapy would not be effective either. The advice...
12: Talk to your family, get your affairs in order, which was indicating you know, whether you want to have medically assisted dying or not.
5: Instead, she made a commitment to her family to fight.
12: Another treatment, a better solution, a better outcome.
5: Less than a month and nearly $200,000 later, DeCluzo made the trip to the Mercy Medical Center in Baltimore for hyperthermic intraperitoneal chemotherapy or HIPEC. The doctor removes all visible tumors before administering heated chemotherapy to attack any remaining microscopic cancer cells.
6: I mean, the data is overwhelming. There are over 3,000 publications about the benefit of CRS and HIPEC. HIPEC is considered the standard for appendiceal tumors when it's possible.
5: According to this letter from BC Cancer, experts here don't agree. Writing the services you chose to receive in the U.S. would not have been the recommended treatment for your cancer diagnosis.
12: Another bill.
5: BC Cancer is now refusing to provide documentation that would allow DeCluzo to be reimbursed for the cost of out-of-country care, citing she did not proceed with additional investigations such as a colonoscopy and laparoscopy.
12: Universal health care really doesn't exist. My experience is it's do-it-yourself Healthcare and GoFundMe Healthcare.
1: I don't disagree that we've got to make improvements. BC is seeing a very large increase in population, in an aging population, and that's why we're responding with a 10-year cancer plan. When you hear the word cancer, you want to get treated.
5: But had DeCluzo waited more than 100 days for her oncology consult here after being told to prepare for end of life. She believes the cancer would have spread further, potentially making her ineligible for the surgery.
6: Well, there is a window of opportunity that we need to work on it. Otherwise you lose that window, especially with more aggressive tumors like the one from Ellison.
5: So that's the beach. Instead, with her cancer now stable, she's celebrating her wedding rather than planning a funeral.
12: I'm calling this my bonus round <laughs> and I'm just trying to find
5: joy in every day. Kylie Stanton, Global News.
12: Cyber Monday and
2: a warning about porch pirates. Plus, Canadians have a lot more debt than they should. How it's causing many to feel isolated and alone. Next on the News Hour.
1: North Shore Rescue plucks another unprepared hiker off a local mountain. How he did a lot of things wrong to get in such deep trouble.
2: And a new name for BC Place, honoring one of the greatest athletes this country has ever produced. That's still to come tonight.
1: Right now, though, as BC Buy Local Week in BC kicks off, a new report by Loco BC shows most revenue made by BC independent retailers is recirculated back into the local economy. 83%
2: 83% of British Columbians feel it's important that the money they spend is redistributed into their communities, with 33% saying they're more likely to do significantly more of their shopping at small independent businesses. But the refor- report found, despite independent retailers in B.C. having six times the economic benefit, 82% say they still shop more at big box stores. Overall, British Columbians... We're still found to be the most supportive of local businesses compared to other provinces. And consumers are scouring the internet today for online deals as Cyber Monday. Uh, well, I guess it's sort of wrapping up now.
1: Yeah, that's true. The post-U.S. Thanksgiving spending spree coined Cyber Monday. Back in 2005, it continues to be the biggest online shopping day of the year. Many retailers have sales for the event that will extend the discounts into Tuesday as well. The National Retail Federation expects shoppers will spend more this year than last year. Despite that, America's largest retail trade group says the pace of spending will slow compared to 2022.
2: And as consumers hit checkout on their carts full of Cyber Monday deals, they're being warned to watch out for package thieves when their orders eventually arrive. A recent FedEx survey found porch pirates have risen over the last two years, with 28% of respondents saying they have had a package stolen.
1: During the pandemic, it was COVID that kept us from seeing friends and family. And now, according to a new poll, it's money.
2: But as Cassidy Moscone reports, there is hope for those experiencing inflation isolation.
13: As inflation soars and costs follow suit... How much it was for those three items... $19. How much was this groceries? About 500 bucks. And we got one piece of meat. The mood of British Columbians takes a dive. It breaks my heart. Don't have a choice. A new Ipsos poll on behalf of accounting firm MNP reveals more than half of British Columbians say they're isolating to save money, staying home more often. A third are spending less time socialising or with friends, while one in five are feeling isolated or lonely. Yeah, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, you got to eat, right? We've tried to cut
14: back on eating out and uh, just try to be more careful with what we do cook.
13: The poll also revealing British Columbians are spending more than any other province when it comes to servicing their debt, paying more than $200 interest this year compared to last. Experts' advice, don't delay help for both your finances. Nobody thinks twice about calling a doctor when they're not feeling well. But when they're having issues surrounding their finances, there is a reluctancy, there's a stigma attached to it. And your mental health. The BCSEC website
9: has a find a counsellor tool. So you don't have to wait for government services. You don't have to be on a wait list for three months, six months, 12 months. You can actually find a counsellor,
13: talk to them, get a free consult um, through this tool. Cassidy Moscone, Global News.
1: Up next, the wolf hybrid terrorising pet owners.
11: This wolf come out of nowhere, Grab ocean.
1: The latest attack and what they say is a lack of action to deal with it.
2: Plus, a sign of the Times at Vancouver City Hall. New security measures
15: coming soon double trouble over at the Alex Fraser Bridge with crews on scene to a crash northbound at the south end in the left lane and there's another collision southbound at the south end in the right lane. Traffic is gridlocked in both directions so if you're just leaving now maybe head over to the Massey Tunnel instead. Love sweet and savory combinations? Think waffles are overrated? Try Wendy's new chicken strips and french toast sticks available all day at participating Wendy's for a limited time. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center.
2: Frustration and fear is growing on Vancouver Island over an aggressive wolf dog that killed a couple's pet dog over the weekend.
1: As Erin MacArthur reports, residents want authorities to catch the animal, but the Conservation Officer Service says it's not their responsibility.
12: She made us smile and laugh every single day.
8: Greg Salmon and Carolyn Marsheldon are heartbroken after they lost their dog Ocean to a predator over the weekend. This wolf came out of nowhere. Grabbed ocean, ripped it out of my hand. For weeks now, the residents around Coombs on Vancouver Island have been concerned about what they're calling a wolf dog. No one knows where the animal came from or how it ended up here. here. Warnings have gone out to the community, but after the weekend attack, trails in the area were closed and people told to mind their pets and small children.
2: I think somebody needs to step up and protect the public.
8: Despite plenty of encounters with the animal, a group called Find Lost and Escape Dogs tried to trap it with no success. Come on. The group has now given up, saying there has been too much animosity in the community to continue. But the real frustration lies with the lack of action from authorities.
16: Conservation said they wouldn't touch it because it's not a true wolf. It's a hybrid. Animal control has got limitations on what they can do.
8: A statement from the regional district of Nanaimo says the local animal control contractor has set a trap, but the district has no jurisdiction on crown land. The BC SPCA says it has no active investigations currently, but the minister of environment who represents the conservation officer service says it is really the SPCA that needs to take the lead here. We are uh, trying to get in contact and work out a, a, a way to proceed on this issue with the, with the SBCA. Animal rights lawyers say this is a grey zone in terms of responsibility. And with no obvious owner in the picture, it's the conservation officer service that needs to step up.
3: I would lean towards thinking this is more of a wild animal. That's what I would say. Just by the behaviour of this animal, what they've indicated so far to people, being elusive, not able to be trapped.
8: The trails around the Coombs campground remain closed. People urged to use caution and call the authorities if the animal is spotted. Residents, though, aren't altogether sure who that might be.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory—
2: Well, starting tomorrow, there will be enhanced security measures at Vancouver City Hall. Members of the public and media attending public events, meetings, and receiving services will now have to go through metal detection screening. That applies to the lobby access area on the third floor of City Hall. The change aligns with similar security measures being implemented by other Canadian municipalities. City Hall still remains open and accessible.
1: Just ahead, some emotional family reunions with the extension of an uneasy truce in the Israel-Hamas conflict. The exchange of prisoners and hostages warms hearts.
2: And the B.C. First Nation taking back control of child and family services, saying it can do it better than B.C.
1: The CKNW Kids Fund Pink Shirt Day campaign recognizes the importance of diversity. So let's lift each other up on Pink Shirt Day, Wednesday, February 28th. Presented by Fortis BC, Energy for a better BC.
15: Traffic is moving well both ways tonight at the Patello Bridge. But keep in mind that not only is there ongoing construction at both ends, you'll also see lane closures on the bridge deck during the overnight hours for construction. So expect some minor delays. Cyber Monday deal: save $25 on orders over $250 with code CYBER. Offer valid today until November 29th online only, homehardware.ca. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. Well,
2: today marked the final day of a truce between Israel and Hamas. An agreement reached late last week to get dozens of hostages and Palestinians held by Israel freed.
1: Hours before it was set to expire, a deal, though, was negotiated to extend the pause by a couple of days, allowing more hostages to be returned home and more aid to enter Gaza. Reggie Cicchini has the latest.
17: After weeks of living a hellish nightmare, these are the latest 11 hostages to be handed back their freedom, leaving
1: family members
17: at home and abroad to breathe a sigh of relief.
9: Our message there is really thank you, but also keep going.
17: In the occupied West Bank, bosses arrived at a military prison to begin the release of more Palestinians held by Israel. All of it coming on the heels of a new deal brokered in part by the White House, resulting in a two-day truce extension, opening the door to the release of more hostages in the days to come.
6: We would, of course, hope to see the pause extended further.
17: Both the American and Israeli governments have said they will do everything possible to get all hostages released by Hamas, even though some are held by other militant groups, which could result in a delay. The campaign to
10: end Hamas and bring our hostages home will resume immediately with the end of the hostage-release pause.
17: Some hostages have been released in poor health, leading to growing concerns for those still being held against their will. We call
4: on the international organization, especially the Red Cross, to use every tool at their disposal to gain access to our hostages.
17: Meanwhile, in Gaza, life remains a struggle after weeks of airstrikes. But these (laughs) new pauses allow for critical resources to move in.
6: We really want to
1: get there to provide assistance to people who've been living in the most desperate and
17: dangerous conditions. Life is now a day-to-day battle in this territory and any optimism remains riddled with caution. Reggie Ciccini, Global News, Washington.
2: The mother and stepfather of a six-year-old boy have pleaded guilty to manslaughter in his death. In March of 2018, Dante Patrick Lucas was found in medical distress in a Port Alberni home he was rushed to hospital but didn't survive. In May of 2022, his mother, Reichel Frank, and stepfather, Mitchell Frank, were arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Today, in Port Alberni, they both pleaded guilty to manslaughter in the little boy's death. Sentencing is scheduled for next May.
1: Members of B.C.'s largest First Nation have voted to reclaim jurisdiction over their child welfare system from the province. Cowichan tribes members have voted 83% in favor of the new law, which aims to keep families together and end the practice of child removals. The law will provide supports to struggling homes so that poor housing and poverty don't become reasons to separate families. As a last resort, social workers can work with families and the legal system to protect kids at risk of harm. The law comes after federal legislation passed in 2020 allowed First Nations to retake control over child and family services.
7: It's significant. It's returning to our ways of being. After 150 years of the government asserting control over our children and families and our lives, we're taking back this space and we're saying we can do it better.
1: The transition into the new child and family services model will begin early next year.
2: Coming up, a couple of Good Samaritans save a deer. The awkward rescue caught on camera.
1: And coming up in sports, the Vancouver Canuck fighting for ice time. Why Andre Kuzmenko admits he can do the little things a lot better. If you get global news from Instagram or Facebook, that has changed due to Meta's decision to block Canadian news in response to new government legislation. Easy access to important breaking news and information in Canada and about your community is no longer available on Meta platforms. Go to globalnews.ca and sign up to get news alerts delivered directly to you and learn about how Bill C-18 affects your access to Canadian news. North Shore Rescue is warning backcountry users again to be careful and make good decisions after a dangerous rescue operation Sunday night.
2: At about quarter past seven in the evening, the rescue team was dispatched to find a missing hiker. The man was part of a group that climbed Pump Peak to watch the sunset. He left the summit before his friends, but when they returned to the parking lot, there was no sign of him there. Rescuers say the missing hiker wasn't carrying a phone or any source of light. And their search helicopter was grounded because of the heavy fog. Following the trail, searches, searchers eventually found bootprints leading into Suicide Gully. Shouting and a thermal drone pinpointed the man's location at the bottom of several small cliff bands he'd fallen down. The man was safely brought out at about 3.30 in the morning.
1: So thankful for those guys working those crazy hours to mm-hmm. pull people out of there. Uh it's winter up there no doubt about it not so much down at sea level though right Christy
14: Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, we're not even thinking about snowfall. But I tell you, it is cold under that fog. You may have felt that as well. This was the layer across the region looking out from Cyprus. uh, Thanks to Pat Bell for one of our uh, cameramen for that. He always takes such great shots. So we're expecting this fog bank to redevelop overnight. By the way, the full moon is happening tonight. So if you can catch it before the fog redevelops over your area, I recommend doing that. But certainly cool under that fog. We're expecting a low of zero degrees across the region, but we should see some sunshine. will be thick all across the Strait of Georgia region. This is from today and we're expecting similar conditions. Now it's tough to tell in this image but we're also experiencing uh, valley cloud and that's where we don't necessarily get fog. It's a little bit higher up but it's valley cloud that gets socked in in areas like Kelowna and we're expecting that again tomorrow as well. A weak front will push across the region so today we cleared out bringing sunshine but tomorrow although we're going to see that fog dissipate we've got a bit of higher, higher level cloud that's going to shift in. So you may not see a ton of sunshine but it should be brighter and warmer the later in the day. Quick look though changes we had towards Thursday and Friday at this point it's just a chance of showers on Thursday but by Friday we are expecting periods of rain and it could be significant rain Friday into Saturday. So in the meantime all the cloud cover you see here would begin be that valley cloud if you can get higher up that's where you'll see the sunshine and for our region six degrees should be our daytime high again I'm not expecting a ton of sunshine tomorrow but we should break out of a bit more later tomorrow Uh, mainly cloudy but dry into our thursday although a slight chance of showers at this point thursday's a bit iffy we definitely are expecting rainfall though on friday tonight central windows weather window coming to you from new westminster Uh, vanjie and Vance sent us this one from this morning yes if you can get higher up that's where all the sunshine is okay back to you
1: (laughs) we need to get up in that global one helicopter and see what they see up there thanks a lot christy
14: a big honor for one of Canada's
2: greatest athletes. BC Place will be renamed Christine Sinclair Place for one special day.
1: The stadium will honor the Canadian soccer legend December 5th. That will be Sinclair's final match for Canada when the team takes on Australia. The star who hails from Burnaby announced in October that she'd be hanging up her cleats and retiring from international competition. She will though play one more season with the portland thorns next year what a legacy
2: mm-hmm. Squire Barnes is here now when i first saw christine sinclair place i thought oh are they renaming the stadium like forever mm-hmm. which wouldn't be a terrible idea either
1: <laughs> we drive past the christine sinclair
6: that's right on spurling center on spurling yeah. every day we do, They actually yeah. didn't just give her a, um, a name for one game the Christine Sinclair plays. They also have a logo for it. Oh, cool! have gone all out. I don't know Can't if we have the logo. Uh, maybe I'll show it to you during sports. I'll show it to you during sports.
2: Is it like a stylized version of her face or her? No, foot? it's
6: just it's more like just CS Place.
2: Okay, well that works too. Yeah, Look,
6: like it still looks nice. What else you got? Well, after sitting out a couple of games, Andre Kuzmenko says he's got the message that Rick Talkett is sending him. It's
8: just back check for check is a good defense play. That's so simple.
6: Yes, back check, forward check, and we'll get a chance tomorrow to see if he's learned to do that for Rick Talka because he will play against Anaheim.
2: Also tonight...
6: I just pulled over and said, oh, man, I think we can do something here.
2: Now they saved a deer trapped under rockfall fencing.
6: Squires back with sports. Take it away. Yes, I wanted to show you. I mentioned that uh, logo BC Place is doing for when they call it Christine Sinclair Place. Yeah. There it is. You nice. see that's the number cool. twelve, and you know you kind of get the shot of the roof, sort of like of BC Place and CS Place. Cool, I love it. All right, that's the logo. Okay, so even during training camp, you kind of got the feeling that Rick Tockett wanted Andre Kuzmenko to be more than just a goal scorer because his 39 goals last year came via the highest shooting percentage this century at 27.3%, which is almost impossible to duplicate unless Kuzmenko's playing in a beer league. But Kuzmenko clearly was not getting the message that Tockett was giving him, so he spoke the universal hockey language of sitting a player in the press box so he would get the message.
10: It was back to back nights in the press box for Andre Kuzmenko. He was a healthy scratch versus Seattle and again in San Jose. A mini streak you never want to be a part of. And yes, it has left a lasting impression.
8: How surprised were you in Seattle when he told you you weren't going to play?
4: Oh, difficult questions. <laughs> 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 I don't like <laughs> now, at
5: <laughs> this moment, <laughs> he'll enter you. Maybe finish. <laughs>
10: <laughs> the good news for Kuzmenko is he's back in the lineup for Tuesday's game at home against Anaheim. The bad news is, unless he starts playing the way Rick Tocchet and the Canucks want him to play, he could just as easily find himself a healthy scratch again.
16: Well, when the puck's out in the new zone, you've got to hustle back, you know, to, to be an option. You know, it's just, you know, um, you know middle drive guy, you, you know... Uh, Pucks around the wall. You got to get him out. Some certain situations. I think those are the little things that you know I value around here. It's not about just scoring goals. If you're not scoring goals, that's fine. You, for, goal scorers are gonna go through slumps. I don't care if he scores. Yeah, sure, you want him to score, but it's not just koozie. It's everything. It's the little things that matter, and uh, the, that's a st- that's part of our staples. And he has to understand that's a that's the bible for us around here, and uh, they're very important.
10: Kuzmenko's in on the right wing. Those little things become even bigger when you're not finding the back of the net. Kuzmenko scored three goals in 19 games and is on pace for just 12 goals. It's a far cry from his rookie total of 39, which earned Kuzmenko a new two-year contract worth $5.5 million per
16: season. I've been in this league a lot to know. You know, you can kind of hide. I'm not saying Kuzi's hiding, but teams can hide, and some guys can get points here or there, but you're never going to win. So uh, for Kuzi, he's got to make sure that he just does the little things a little bit more now. Uh, it's
8: just back check for check. It's a good defense play. Just so
3: simple. It's not difficult for me. I need a
15: better, yes, to play better. I understand this moment because I help the team.
6: Now, as Jay mentioned, the Canucks are home to Anaheim tomorrow, which got off to a good start this year, but has now lost six in a row. The Canucks haven't been bad of late, but they aren't the way they were early in the season. And that has Rick talk a concern, not just with Andre Kuzmenko, but with a lot of his players. The Canucks have lost four of their last six, including a loss to San Jose on Saturday. That was, of course, a team they beat 10-1 three weeks ago.
16: I just, I just think uh, for us, the last five or six games, you know, good period, bad game, good game, two good periods, one bad. It's more consistency, you know, and we've got to try to find our consistency. and. I think, uh, you know, the San Jose game, regardless, and they've been playing well, uh, I don't care what he says, is kind of a little wake-up call. So I think that was it, and I thought guys practiced hard today. That's one thing with this group. You know, they recognize something, and, uh, you, know, they bring, you know, we haven't had many practices, but it was a good practice, so I like that, the energy.
6: They gave Roenick and Hughes a day off today from practice because they're always out in the ice, so they thought, go home, take it easy, come back tomorrow and play. The uh, Minnesota mild have fired head coach Dean Evison because they've been just that, too mild. Minnesota has gone winless for seven games in a row. Obviously, this isn't all on Evison, who used to coach the Vancouver Giants and Kamloops Blazers. Minnesota's star players aren't scoring enough. But the biggest issue is the Wilds' goaltenders have been tragic. Just ask Edmonton how subpar net mining can get you off to a bad start. Former Devils and Predators head coach John Hines is taking over in Minnesota. I wanted to show you this. Michigan high school player, Adrian Walker, intercepting a pass behind his back. And no, he doesn't have eyes in the back of his helmet. He just has, you can't even say good hand eye, because there was no (laughs) eye in that, it was just good hand. Good ball sense. Mighty sense. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, there you go. Good ball sense, all right.
2: Thanks, Squire.
1: Still ahead, oh dear, another pun. Rescuers who jumped into action when they saw wildlife in trouble. I can't believe you did that. (laughs)
2: Armstrong is here now with a look ahead to Global News at 11 tonight. Jordan?
17: Sophie, we are learning more tonight about a weekend crash on Highway 99 that killed two adults and a child. They were returning to the lower mainland from a church gathering when their vehicle crashed south of Whistler. The lone survivor is the mother of the child who died. Also tonight, the Vancouver Park Board is meeting. We'll see if they have anything to say about the recent performance audit that found gaps in revenue management. We're back at 11 o'clock. Sophie?
2: All right, thanks for that,
12: Jordan.
1: Okay, a volunteer firefighter out of Peachland is sharing an uplifting story tonight after spotting a deer trapped underneath a stretch of rock fencing.
12: As
2: Jaden Wozni reports, they quickly jumped into action to save the panicked animal, and it was all caught on video.
8: Dorian Mash, his wife Amy, and her brother decided to take the scenic route to Vernon this weekend via Westside Road. We decided just to take that route and maybe look at some wildlife and take a look at all the, the damage that was done at the fire. And shortly into their drive, the trio did find wildlife. I was uh, looking at that wildlife fence and um, happened to notice that there was a deer caught under there. When Dorian and his brother-in-law Trevor spotted the deer underneath the fence along West Side Road, they wasted little time coming to the aid of the animal. I just pulled over, I said, oh man, I think we can do something here. So get out of the car with me and we'll run up the bank and get two hands on it. And uh, we kind of devised a little bit of a game plan and we didn't even know that the wife was uh, taping us behind. So it was cool, yeah. After several minutes of Dorian and Trevor carefully lifting the fence to try to break the animal loose, the female deer wiggled its way down the embankment and got out under its own power. She got up and just jumped over the, the cement uh, meridian there and then jumped across the road and down towards the lake. And I watched her run away. She looked fine. Didn't look like she was too injured or anything like that. So it was good to see. MASH added that had they not stopped to assist the animal, they're not sure if it would have made it out safely. Jaden Wozni, Global News, West Side Road.
2: The deer went back to her buddies and said, oh, my God, you'll never believe what I yeah. just did.
1: How did you get under that
6: thing is <laughs> and, what they're all asking. And they all got in front of the TV and watched the news hours. They <laughs> yeah, see themselves
1: that's on right. the television.
14: <laughs> oh, there you are.
6: Yeah. Uh, okay, last
1: word on weather before we go, Christy.
14: So another cool, cloudy start to the day tomorrow with a low of zero degrees. We are hoping for it to be brighter in the afternoon, but I'm not anticipating as much sunshine tomorrow because we will see a bit of high-level cloud. At this point, it is looking dry, though, until Friday.
1: All right, we'll take it. Got uh, Santa up on the roof last, well, I guess yesterday, but... He's here already? More good. Well, you know, we got a month of uh, leading up to Christmas here, less than a month now. Have a good night, everybody.
14: Good night, all.